You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. And I'm Autumn. Hello, I'm Jasper. This is episode 130 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about the emotional plot and how to use it. Or perhaps I should say that you, Autumn, will be talking about the emotional that's plot. That's what was one of my ideas, because when I, I guess I knew about the emotional plot, but when I started playing with it recently and did a recent post in our Patreon feed, I just got so excited. I'm like, yes, we need to talk about this. And I somehow strong-armed you into it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no no that's that's good then uh i can uh take a bit of a backseat and enjoy all the preparation work you of course have done for this episode autumn like I you do, do my for every single episode usually occasionally no you don't <laughs> no, we're you don't. fine it'll be fine <laughs> i have every faith we'll figure it out <laughs> anyway besides not doing my homework how um how have you been <laughs> Well, good. Uh, I did start writing book two in our series, and uh, I really wanted to get a writing yeah. sprint done this oh. morning as well, but I failed. I was I was actually oh, up at five fifteen this morning, but uh, yeah, I prioritized exercising, uh, thinking that I could then get a writing sprint done afterward. But then other tasks sort of got in the way, and before oh, I knew it, it was. Too that, late. I hate mornings that so, just spiral. It feels like it just spirals yeah. out of control that way. Yeah, and I always advocate that people should prioritize right. writing and do it as the first thing <laughs> because then you don't get sucked into other things and you see it happens to me too life can get <laughs> so, busy but i don't know my excuse is that uh, being a soccer referee as well uh, it's important yes. that i have a good fitness level oh, so well, hmm. that's my excuse but uh Writing is important too so it's one of those choices we'll ha- all have to make at some point uh but uh yeah I will. I'll hope and, I'll get some more chapters. Yeah, done you this can't week, be too hard we'll on yourself because you have started writing it. You've done two chapters. We did all the plotting. You finished the previous book, which I'm still editing. So, I think you're fine. Just because you're like a half a book ahead of me, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not necessarily that I want to be far ahead of you, but it's more like I I like to be productive, and I love when I can see progress. So. When nothing happens because I get sucked into a million other things, uh, well, I do make progress on other things, but I want to see the book advancing all the time. So, so it's, that's a bit annoying. Oh, and by the way, my apologies in advance if somebody can hear shouting in the background while we're recording because my wife is watching the World Championship <laughs> in ice hockey in the other room and she can get quite enthusiastic about that. So if somebody well, shouts in the other room, that's the reason. That's a very exciting match. That's exciting. That's pretty fun. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so what? How about you? How good. Things- we had like a number ten day. I since I should have played hooky because I, you know, had to do my homework anyway. But it was one of those days where it's started off cool in the morning and got warm in the afternoon, and we just got clouds, but it was like brilliantly sunny, but not too hot, and it was just if every day was like that. But since it's not, it was definitely one of those, I want to go sit in the hammock and have a cider and just kick up my feet for a little bit. But I was, I adulted and (laughs) I came prepared as much as you say I didn't uh, for today's podcast. So I'm ready, but it's been good. Hey, and I got my second vaccination over the weekend. I am now, well, once all the immunities kick in, I am now vaccinated fully. So that was exciting. It wasn't horrible. I totally prepared. I was planning I was going to be horribly sick. I mean, my husband was horribly sick with his. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to I'm going to sleep on my beanbag chair. And he came back early from his training and was with me for the weekend. So I'm like, I am totally, totally fine. And really, I just I felt a little slow and my head was just I've, I've had worse cold. I mean, it really wasn't bad, but I wasn't quite myself. So we did, we binged on Netflix and <laughs> took it pretty easy over the weekend. I didn't force myself, strong-armed myself to do much work. And so it was, it would, woke up Monday, felt like I'd snorted a bunch of caffeine and I was ready to go. So that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did we you watch anything good new, on Netflix? a uh, program called Sexify, actually, and it was the characterization and the story were fantastic. I think it's a Polish. And so it was, um, I do tend to like foreign series and okay. uh, yeah, it was just outstanding. The characterization and what they were going through. And they were basically three women, three young college students who decided to develop an app. And the one was, she was, head programmer and she was going to uh, do something on sleep and it was basically told it wasn't sexy. So she came up with something else and we won't go into it on this podcast, but it was, uh, it fit the name sexify and the stigma around it. Even, you know, here I am skipping the topic, the stigma around what they decided to do was so interesting to see all their different roles and how they dealt with parents and try to figure out themselves in the world. And I just, we ended up watching, I think it was seven or nine episodes, and in two days we watched them all, Admit, which is totally unusual. It uses one episode a day for me, but yeah, it was sick. It was fine. Got some tea, got some chips, some veggie chips, and just sat down and watched shows. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and you, you still need to, if you love the foreign shows, you still need to watch We've some of the Danish few. ones. I know. You need to find them, right? Uh, they, we have like uh, I the bridge. Uh, I guess it's the English translation, and then uh, what is it called? What is it called in English? Oh, uh, you've mentioned the killing. I guess it's called, but it's not good in English. You have to I watch agree. the then Danish version because the English yes. version is not you said nearly that, as which, good. When when you've got a headache, the last thing you want to do is have to read subtitles. But I've looked for that, and I thought for sure we had a workaround because we use a VPN. And I figured well, I could just put the VPN in uh, Denmark and then I could go ahead and watch the shows that I can't get in the US. It doesn't work that way. Netflix won't let me log in unless I'm under the US VPN. So I can't get to your shows right. unless maybe I come over there and watch with you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and you can learn it's called Forbudelsen. Oh, <laughs> Forbudelsen? Huh? I'm going to work on this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was a good try. <laughs> a week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So we would like to thank Jen for joining us on Patreon. So uh, yes, thank welcome. you so much, Welcome. It was Jen. so great to see you join us there. And we can't wait to hear more about what you're writing. Yeah, absolutely. Your support is, uh, of course, what enables us to keep the lights on here at the Air Writing Fantasy Podcast. So we really appreciate that. And uh, Jen has also become eligible for our monthly right. live Q&A sessions. And... Uh, they are Those so are much fun. fun. I love fun getting thing. the questions. See, that's why I'm always fine for the podcast. We never know what the readers or listeners are going to ask when they join us, our students and our Patreon people, when they join us for the monthly Q&A. you got to just be ready to go with the flow. But they're, it, to me, especially when people come back in and they give us the progress updates, are just so fantastic to hear how people are doing. So it's good to answer the questions and share and offer support and then celebrate when things are going well. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's really, it's really nice. I love those sessions as well. So, dear listener, if you feel like you're getting something from these podcast episodes, then why not check out the Patreon page associated to the Am Writing Fantasy podcast? We offer a number of rewards to supporters, and of course, there is a link in the show notes if you want to, yes. or if you're interested in checking that out. So. I don't know. Is that it, Autumn, or do we have anything well, else did you to mention see here that before the we move on? Fa- Fantasy Facebook group is almost at five thousand members. It like exploded last month, and I think we jumped a thousand in just a couple of weeks. So that's been exciting. But I was going to tease you and say, well, even if maybe I'm teasing the listeners, but even if you don't enjoy the podcast, if you have questions on your writing, you can join one of the question and answer sessions. Answer sessions for like five dollars a month. That's a pretty good deal for um, customized help on your questions and your world building and your marketing. And I don't know how we came up with that plan, but darn, that's pretty cheap. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the cheapest consultancy support you'll ever get in your life. Uh, That's for sure. But uh, yeah, that's true. But I guess the irony is if they don't enjoy listening to the podcast, they'll never hear hear you say that. (laughs) 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 And on to today's topic. So we should perhaps mention that the idea for today's episode came from a Patreon post that you wrote in the yes, beginning that of is May. Exactly. Order. We always I always try to give my best posts away there and eventually they might find their way onto the podcast and the maybe even the blog down the road. But this was one that I really enjoyed discussing on Patreon. Like I said, once I once I stumbled on the topic and that the emotional plot is totally separate from character arts and it's totally separate from the actual story plot the story structure i'm like it was like i was finding one of those words that you've always something to define something you did anyway and you're like oh that's what it's called i was so excited so i'm like yeah we got we've got to talk about this one because there is not much out there on the emotional plot but I think it's I think I stumbled on like one of the things I could finally say this is one of my favorite parts of writing 
So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And, and I feel like the topic of the emotional plot isn't that clear, really. And as you say, there's probably not that much about it out there. So perhaps it would be a good place to start if you just sort of explain no what one are ever we talking understands about what here. I'm talking about. You want me to explain to you? No, that's fair enough. The emotional... <laughs> <laughs> explain your You've mind seen my story organization and i've terrified you i think i've scarred you forever <laughs> but... <laughs> oh you mean that scribner file that i was trying to for to to just make any sense, out, make of sense out of it at all it's just go with go with my mind map it's chaos you know that little mem that's you know hey what's that thing coming out of your head and someone's like is my is the plot to my next novel and it looks like this giant worm cloud yeah that's me all the time all right <laughs> but emotional plot like i said for it is not your story plot it's not the story structure and it's not character arcs but it kind of overlaps like if those are two spheres it kind of overlaps with them it's so if you have a venn diagram out it's one of those the third sphere of it, it is, you could define it two ways. And the first way is that it is the character's emotional journey through the story. And that's a good place to start. If you've never considered emotional plot before and applying it to the story you're writing, start there. That's, that, that's one you can do easily. But to me, I think what I like is sort of like the pro level. And that is the reader's emotional journey through the story. So it is literally plotting out what you hope, you know, you're never a hundred percent, you can't target another person a hundred percent, but what you really kind of want the reader to be feeling when they reach certain parts of your story. And that's what I think is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's interesting because I feel like normally when we are talking about plot, you automatically think yes. about, actions and you know what is happening and stuff like that and this is sort of more the yes inner it's like elements, it's, it's like right but but you also mentioned the <laughs> uh, but you also mentioned the character emotional journey and also the reader emotional journey but do you are they not linked like that? They're, they're not two separate things, they're are they? Shouldn't very they be linked, linked? But they can be, the reader's emotional journey can be different from the characters, especially if you have several characters. But if you are, if you play with foreshadowing, if you have um, different characters, like you have the villain's perspective, and so the reader might have information the character doesn't have. So the character might be feeling dread and tension and a whole bunch of other emotions that the character doesn't feel because the character doesn't know. And that's the advanced level of emotional plot that I like when you when you start layering in those bits of foreshadowing and those little elements so that you're going to ratchet up the tension on the reader in a way that is actually not part of the story structure per se. I mean, you might have those elements there to make it all tie together, but what you're really doing is you're putting in those elements to up the emotional impact of the story. And that's, that's the emotional plot. So you mean like, for example, that the reader knows what is coming around the corner, but the character doesn't. So is that sort of what you mean? So hence it's it's stressful or, well, exciting, depending on what word you want to use for the reader, but the character 
is just sort of trotting along because they don't know what they're going to walk exactly. into in two seconds. So the character could be racing to meet her lover or wondering where he is, why he's late, and the reader might already know the answer. He's been captured or he's dead or whatever has happened. So the reader is going to have a much deeper mixed feelings going on where the character is you know, not quite there yet, doesn't realize what happened. And so that's, like I said, that's more of the advanced level at the very surface, especially if you write with mostly just one one point of view character, then the emotional plot can be very similar to what the reader's plot would be. And it's much more, much easier. You, you just may have a little bit of foreshadowing that the reader might or might not pick up on, and that's going to change the emotional plot. Mm. But of course... I think it could also be the other way around. You know, if you have an oh. unreliable narrator, uh, then it could be the other way around that the character actually knows what's going to happen, but the reader is not knowing. So the reader feels all the emotions when it happens, whereas the character maybe don't because yeah. they already knew it or something. Uh, I, I guess it, I guess it could go both yeah, ways. But I guess that's what I'm doing. Doing that say. specifically, you know, choosing to have that unreliable narrator, you can do that as a plotting element to help you know increase tension but you can also do mm. it you know yeah. add that other layer of that emotional plot you're doing it because you're basically manipulating the character or the reader's emotions and you're doing it purposefully and i think by saying hey this is a different plotting element this is a whole different layer and mapping it and keeping an idea of like what am i'm doing this plot action to do this to make this happen in the plot and i'm doing it also has this reaction emotionally and that's going to be that and making sure it all lines up so that way i know i just read a story recently where something big happened and totally blew up something that a character was waiting for and the character didn't react and so basically the emotional plot element was completely missing and by recognizing that there is an emotional plot element you don't do that. You don't have a big event happen and then completely ignore the character's reaction when something totally changes. Mm. But I'm wondering as well. Um, so, of course, if you know how you want your reader to feel at a certain moment, you know, in the book, that's a very powerful tool mm. if you do it deliberately. But I'm also wondering, is that like something you would go through as you edit the novel? So you feel like, okay, here probably they need to feel like this and that. and then, Or, is it, or do you more see it like something you do while you're plotting your actual chapters or, or scenes? Like you add it in there? Or, or what if you're pantsing? Then do, what, how do you think? I you would say that? if you're... Well, I think we both, I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. If you're a pantser, it probably is something that you're going to add in later, unless you're just, especially if you're adding in the reader's reactions. If you're talking about the character's reactions, if you're a pantser who's very attuned with emotions and the emotions of your character, you're going to put that in almost naturally. And then when you edit, you'll just have to make sure it's, you know, it's all there. You're clear on it. If you're looking at how to manipulate the reader, I think it comes out mm. much better if you're a plotter, or at least if you're more of a hybrid and you just simply plot out your chapters 
And if you have all your chapter, like, you know, your hook and your disaster and everything that happens in your chapter, if you also make sure when you do those, you say these are the emotional reactions or this is the emotional note that this chapter is going to end on. And it's almost, you know, you can have the emotional reaction as your hook to the next chapter. And the nice thing about the emotional reaction, you talk about hurdles and you talk about lulls. Well, the emotions are often sometimes highest in the lulls because things are happening in the hurdles and you don't really have a chance to react. So those ones where those chapters where the pace is slower are usually saturated with emotion. So therefore, your emotional plot is actually almost counter your regular story plot. And so that makes it gripping. It keeps the pace gripping on some level, no matter what. And you can't ever drop that, you know, you always have them oscillating around each other, which is a really fun way of writing. Mm, Yeah, and also, I really have grown over the years to love the lulls more and more and more, because those scenes where there's no fighting going on they're they're sitting around the campfire and they're they're enjoying their bread and and smoking a pipe and uh and talking to each other right yeah i i've really grown to love those scenes because it's it's usually where you can have the characters reflect on what happened i mean Mm -hmm. of course they will react (laughs) in the moment when the dragon attacks and whatnot of course they will react to that and they will have emotions related to that but it the deeper understanding about the character's personality and their desires and their view of the world and all that stuff really comes to the forefront in those lulls. And, and <laughs> I, I really, I have really grown to like those. Uh, I previously, I think years back, I always felt that they were, you know, <laughs> we just need some action, but, but in reality it's in the slow scenes that, that you can really also build that relationship between the reader and the character, because once you start understanding what the character is about and how they view the world, how they think, what they desire and what they want, that's also where as the reader, you start building connections with that character and, and you start understanding them. Even if you don't, you don't have to agree with them in their desires and their wants, but, but if you understand where they're coming from, you will start building a, a connection to that character. And I really feel that that's, something action scenes can totally agree those are i've always think i've always liked the lulls and i like i think that's where you know that's where the like i said the emotions happen that's where characters fall in love that's where they might have an argument that they couldn't have when they're helping their best friend it's like you know you're they're going to be there for their best friend to fight the dragon but if there's anything like well why did you do that why did you bring us here that's what happened you know you risked my friend's life those are the things that come out in the lulls and i like that kind of emotional spewing i think and that's why i like this idea of the emotional plot is that you make sure you include that because you know thrillers and action adventure books the ones that are always like the hollywood cinemas that are boom 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 you don't have an emotional plot and that's why they feel superficial and also why some of the characters feel so throwaway you don't make that connection. You never see the character's reaction. You know, they're always this stoic, I am doing this because I am saving and rescuing my daughter. And you're like, okay, do you ever show that you love her other than you save her life? That's not going to help me respect you at all. (laughs) No, well, saving somebody's life is a 
probably a love declaration i, I would think but, uh, <laughs> yeah. no no but i I'm, i know what you mean because yeah i know i know i know what you mean and also when when for example when i wrote the um first draft uh, of, of our book one um i tried really to because something you said just as uh, reminded me that oftentimes also in the past my lulls would often be discussions between characters you know they would be <laughs> disagreeing about something yeah. maybe even arguing i don't know but be- because that would keep the tension high so i i thought like oh well that keeps it interesting even in the lulls and right. it does so there's nothing wrong with it but in the book one draft that i just wrote that the one you're editing at the moment i really try to make sure that some of the laws are not just arguments but also just have like more deep and thoughtful conversations between characters and how they're growing to you know like each other and stuff like that uh, and focus more on that as well other than it's just being somebody <laughs> arguing all the time so because otherwise you have like a full novel with either there's somebody oh. fighting or somebody's arguing and yes. that gets tiring I mean, as well the lulls are where the humor <laughs> comes in and so it's you know like i said you fall in love you can oh, laugh yeah, like yeah. to find so in book one, and I'm bringing it out a little bit more. But that's where you can tease each other, where you show characters are are truly friends, or you know things like that. Or like I said, like if you have that romance subplot, they fall in love during you know during those lulls, and that's where, like I said, where your plot action drops, your emotions emotional plot goes up, and so then they both head into the climax. And it's that much more explosive because the reader is tied with a character, is bonded with a character over those emotions. And the character has that, the stakes are that much higher. You know that they're emotionally invested in the outcome and maybe they're afraid and they know how much they're risking. Where if you're just running pell-mell straight into the climax from one hurdle to the next, to the next, to the next, it's exciting, but... I mean, you can only do an adrenaline rush for so long before you just need to catch your breath. And maybe you really won't remember, you know, remember the characters, remember the story as much. You'll be like, oh, yeah, that was a fun read, but it doesn't resonate with you for a very long time. I think it's really the emotional plot that makes the story resonate and brings the characters to life. And especially if you are a cruel, cruel author and you manipulate the reader with an emotional plot that is specifically designed (laughs) to uh to bring out certain emotions at certain points where you know you have two characters falling in love but you know maybe the reader knows that it's not possible or you know something else is going on that they know one of them is is not going to be true and that can really start twisting some gears that the reader knows things that the characters don't and they're like no i want to tell you don't do it don't do it and when you have a reader shaking the book wanting to tell characters don't do something you got them in your story you got them hooked good <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, there was I, I can't remember if it was one of our uh, Q&A sessions or when but there was somebody asking me at some point why I hated or maybe it was one of our interviews with the <laughs> world building interviews yeah. we mentioned in last week's episode that somebody asked me why do i why do you hate the superheroes right. so much i uh, and and all the marvel stuff uh, but but i think listening mm-hmm. to what you just said it, that's exactly why 
I don't like those superhero stuff because they feel superficial. You know, that they don't have, at least to me, I mean, I, I understand some people will disagree and that's okay. <laughs> don't, don't uh, you know, send me 500 emails telling me how, how wrong it, I am. This it. is just my opinion. But uh, <laughs> no, please don't. But this is just my, my opinion. But I feel often like the all the Marvel superheroes that, they don't have that same depth to them. You don't get those, well, lulls, I guess, you know, a lot a lot of the time in those movies where, where you really get to understand their mm-hmm. emotional journey. Uh, they are very cardboard kind of characters often, I feel. Well, I say that, and then, of course, when, I don't know if, I can't no, remember, I did you watch the Joker? It. It's... Under it's behind a paywall, and I didn't feel like okay. spending like nine ninety nine to watch one movie. I thought it was just like no. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, because that's like the perfect example of <laughs> what I'm not talking about here. Because the Joker is built on emotional plot; it is built on characterization. That is really what it's about. It's not so much about the Joker <laughs> or Superman. Oh no, blah, Batman. I meant. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's not so much about that. It's much more about the character and what happens to him and his personality and stuff. And it is—it's so good. Um, but that, I guess, right. that to some extent proves my point, right? <laughs> that that's what I feel like. That's when it gets good. Whereas the other opposite, where Superman is just fighting bad guys or Batman is uh, fighting the Joker in you know the older movies and stuff like that, it's—I it's, don't know. Yes. To me, at and least, that's where I think I, I agree. So it's like Superman loves Lois Lane because he does, and it's just it's like having someone who's evil. Yeah, it's like having a character who's <laughs> right. evil for the sake of being evil. It's just you need to see why. I mean, what does that mean to love somebody? What will he do for her? Lie to her about who he really is? Does he ever feel conflicted about that? I mean, those are the questions that I really love. I love um, stories with a little bit of PTSD. These heroes face massive battles. They see friends die. I want to see the reaction to that, those emotional fallouts of maybe somebody, you know, getting angry over this or not wanting, not treating themselves well because they're so upset. That's the reality I I see in the world around me and that's what I want to see in the stories. And you don't just do that and by like writing and you just throw in a random emotion, you know, readers will call that out. You want to have that layered and laced through the whole story, which means stepping back and looking at your plot, looking at your characters and the character arcs and saying, what is the emotional reaction? How is this character progressing on this character arc? What does that look like emotionally at this point in this chapter? And making sure that really is added in there. It's another plot thread to make sure it's clear. And I think uh, one of the few posts I've that are out there on this had a good suggestion saying, if you're writing a chapter and it feels flat or you feel like you don't know where it's going, step back and look at the emotional plot. Because if you're not, if you're not connecting with your character, it's probably because you don't know where their emotions are and their emotional plot is. And once you figure that out, you will actually get the writing that much faster. Mm. It will help you write to figure this out. No, that might be true, yeah. Um, 
if you want to see something where it is more or less only <laughs> more, or less, more only. less only yeah i would say so or yeah. driven by the emotional plot <laughs> or more or less only yeah you can hear it. This, this is english that's how you say it don't you know that you should know that you're a native speaker even you should know that that's how you say it more or less only <laughs> driven by the emotional plot but if you ever watch the uh, mythic quest show it's it's on apple tv plus i think it's called mythic quest but that is really like it is just characters and their emotions basically i mean of course there is some sort of a plot it's it's about like a gaming okay. company who makes an online game and then it's basically about the people who work in that company and it it, it okay. is a it's a comedy show it is quite funny but it's be funny because of the yes. characters and their emotion that's why it's funny uh and it is it is actually really well done. I was very hesitant to watch it. I, I saw the trailers in the beginning, like many, many, many months <laughs> ago. And I was like, nah, don't want to. But this is typically me. Right? When I see something, I was like, no. And then later on, I give it a try. And <laughs> well, this is really good. Uh, did the same thing with American Gods. I also watched the trailer for that and felt no. And then I watched it and I loved it. Or I, I st I'm still watching it. I, I love it. But um, so I, I think... If you want to see like a, sh a show where it's done really well and it's easy to consume, oh, it's like 20 minutes episodes or something like that. Yeah, so it's something you can easily consume. It's just a humor and there, there's no, <laughs> you don't need to think for watching it at all. There, there's no plot to follow as such. But I would say try to watch that show because it, it really shows you character feelings and emotions and, and how it makes you connect to I mean, those I characters. I mean, I see that uh, I've been watching The Good Place, which is also very similar, where it's, um, you know, looking at the Enterprise, it's funny, it's cute, but it's the characters. You fall in love with the characters. And even with Sexify, these three young heroines that, you know, how they meet, you know, there's there's not a ton of action. There, there's it's, She's a game, an app developer who's just trying to get her degree despite not knowing things about her life. I mean, yeah, it's a coming of age story, but you get so sucked in because the emotional plot is so well done. They relate these characters. And this is, again, I think it's important in this day and age because we like good characters that have flaws and we like villains that have good qualities. On all of those layers, you can try to force them into a character profile, but by showing them actually manifest through the, the plot and through the emotional plot seeing the characters act certain ways, not just be told, this is a good show, it's a not a tell. You develop that that much more and the reader is, experiences it and they're going to get that little bit of connection, have those feelings. You're going to like them when they think, oh, you know, this is a good character, a good person, but they did something wrong and there's going to be fallout from it. And oh my gosh, what's that going to be? Or the villain is not 100% evil and there's this other side to them and do you, you you just wish you'd wake up and see the smell the coffee and see be a good person and save the world because he's already got the power and the position to do it. He just needs to stop being evil. So those are the stories you really can tell really well with an emotional plot. Oh, call back, call back, call back. What did we talk about just a few oh, episodes ago? Look at that again. Uh, we've talked about so much. Can we just go on the worst top 10 list? 
<laughs> it's just because I want to put you on the spot. No, no, but no, but what was the topic of the episode? Uh, evil things to do to your character ones? is one that comes to mind. <laughs> it's the worst things to do to characters. No, no uh, we talked about uh, that's right. Deep we did point just of talk view, about deep right? point of view, and yes, this goes along. And I think there is a very, very strong correlation here because if you're writing in deep point of view, you are going to yes. get into those feelings. Exactly. They, these like right? go hand in hand. It's taking the deep point of view. And if you're struggling with it, this is maybe what you're struggling with is looking at the emotional plot, getting into that character's head. Because the deep point of view is also word choice, like, you know, a sailor using, you know, as taut as uh, tense rigging line, you know, Things like that. They're going to always use words that fit their perspective. They're not going to talk about, you know, garden hose and things like that. If they're a sailor, they don't know anything about garden hose. <laughs> but they also, this is taking just the emotional side of it. So not worrying so much about the word choice that you would in the deep point of view, but talking about, you know, how are they experiencing this moment? And like I said, and then if you really want to get technical figuring out what you want the reader to be think feeling at that moment and that way you can make sure that even though it's a lull you know there's something in there the reader is going to be gasping over or so excited their heart's going to be fluttering you know those are the kind of emotions knowing you want to do that to your reader you can be a little bit more strategic in making sure the chapter and everything that comes before builds that kind of emotion in your reader And I really feel like if you get used to writing a deep point of view, a lot of this will come out automatically. Uh, the emotional plot and, and the emotional reactions and the lull scenes where you get to know. I mean, a lot of that will just come out naturally as you write your first draft. And then I think it's, to a large degree, I would almost say it's a lot about being very vigilant when you do your editing passes to make sure that you are not only looking for, you know, of course, the good grammar and all of those sorts of things, and and but and also finding right words, but also bringing out those emotional elements and sort of keep asking yourself, am I, am I hitting the emotional arc here, the emotional plot? Am I showing what the character feels about what happened here? Not not like I'm. I I think I'm not saying overdo it like all the time, but but at least making sure that uh, maybe you know every uh, other chapter, so that there is yeah. some emotional. I mean, stuff mostly. Going I mean, on. you can almost guarantee that if it's a very action-packed chapter, you probably don't need to worry about the emotions. You, that that isn't an action chapter. That's a hurdle. No, no. Leave it. The inciting incident. You don't. You have the reaction phase after the inciting incident because you are basically dealing with emotions but yeah i think it's it's something just like when you're looking if you're doing especially if you do edit like me and you have those layer edits and you know you're looking for your senses you're making sure that the opening and closing hooks are good look at the emotions and if it's a chapter that isn't very exciting with action make sure that there's emotional resonance and depth there and you know decide how you want your reader to go through the novel, how they want, how you want them to feel. And maybe there's a way you can tweak that. I think by 
taking control of it and looking at it, you will have a much smoother transition and flow through the novel. And you'll make sure that those emotions resonate and you won't forget about them. Like I said, I've reading, I've been reading a couple of working with a couple of very new first time novice authors the last month. And in both of the stories, I had to point out parts where it's like this big thing happened and it undermines everything they expected. And then they just keep going what happens next you look at that emotional arc and make sure the character Mm. at the very least reacts and then uh, you know once you get a series under your belt make sure you're trying to figure out how you want the reader to react and see how that goes see if you can work on that a little bit more I'm actually often impressed by the fact that you can you can do several editing passes and you can be so structured and make notes and everything when I've looked at your scrivener file it's just a, it's like night and day I don't understand how well, you, you can have do to both admit, the scrivener file you have is a very I have this idea I did admittedly write a novella in it but it wasn't, yes, I, can I haven't that. really developed the series yet. You should see my Tainted Fae. It is much more organized and much more clear and clean and crisp. So I can organize it. If you think I'm bad, you should see my husband. Seriously. <laughs> he can't find his socks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I think uh, unless we have more to say on this, I think I can... Uh, I can conclude by reading out aloud how you actually oh, ended that you. excellent Patreon article because I think oh, it sums I, I, everything I, up nicely. That just makes me here. feel lovely. So yes, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, so these are your words being quoted this to is you. special. <laughs> so quote, yeah, it is. If your story feels something is missing and doesn't align, look at the emotional plot. What is the character feeling? Does it make sense? What emotion are you trying to create in the reader? Are you succeeding? Well, there we End go. Quote. <laughs> Can't be said any better article. than that, can it? <laughs> Somebody has been a genius who wrote that. I don't know who, who that was, but the, the uh, author of that I article like was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so next Monday I have an interview with the extremely successful fantasy author Jeff Wheeler lined up for you, so you don't want to miss that one. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.